For those who don't know me, I'm, I'm Pastor Sam Kang. I am the lead pastor for Reconcile Church, and this is our first preview service. And so I am so glad that you're here with us, which just means this: people have been asking, what is a preview service? Well, it's a preview of Reconcile Church. That's exactly what it is. Uh, we are not meeting regularly yet on Sunday mornings in our rhythms, um, but uh, this will give you a preview of what we're about and who we are. And, and I can tell you this as well. It's far more than just a Sunday morning experience. Um, we, we're not trying to do to the church. We're trying to be the church. And so this is just one taste of Reconcile here. So thank you for being here. Uh, I really don't take it for granted. And so um, one of the things that we'll be engaging in for the next two weeks is a small mini preview uh, series uh, called A Better Community. And very specifically, today, on our first part, we're going to be diving into the Word of God and uh, this ever-so-popular, often-misunderstood book of Revelation. <laughs> so you heard me right, the book of Revelation. Some of y'all will be like, what? Yeah, that's right, Revelation. That's where we're going to today. But I'm super excited about it. So here, here's my hope for us today. My hope for you today is that you would take a step closer to Jesus and his church today, to God's people today, that in meeting with Jesus, you would see that your life has been changed forever. And that, and, and that Jesus is not only good, he's better for you. He's better for you in your life. He's better for you as you labor in your jobs. He's better for you in your relationships. He's better. So that's my hope for you today. So um, one of the things I'm going to ask you to do today is, is for those who are able, I'm going to actually ask you to stand and I'm going to read this passage that we're going to go over. So go ahead and stand. Uh, and it comes from Revelation chapter 7, 9 through 12. And you can follow along on the screens here, or if you have a Bible, you can look, follow through there. We're going to read through Revelation 7, 9 through 12. And I want you to see here the beauty of what's being described here. And so it says this. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. And they cried out, Amen. 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 Let me, let me pray for us as we dive into this today. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask as we spend time in your word that you, you would show us more of who you are. As we spend time in your word, that we would discover that you are far better than we even once thought before. And for some of us in here, that maybe today's the introduction to Jesus, that we would say, whoa, this is who Jesus is? Wow. I got to get to know him more. And so, Father, I pray for us in this time that you would work through, the, through your, the work of the Holy Spirit, that you would work to bring us towards Jesus, that in getting to know Jesus, our lives would be transformed forever. So, Lord, we ask for that. 
Open the eyes of our hearts today. Only you can do it. And so we pray this together in Jesus' rich and holy and awesome name, the only name that saves. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say, amen. Amen. Please be seated. So all of us in here, as some shape or another, in some form or another, have said the phrase, heard the phrase, thought the phrase, this is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. And I, I, was, um, I was telling my wife, I was wrestling through this because I wanted to think through when were there distinctive times where I sat down and I thought to myself, this is as good as it gets. And so the first thing that came to mind was during one of my Christmases growing up when I got my first gaming system. It was a Nintendo. It was an 8-bit Nintendo sliding left and right. We don't, I mean, that was mind-blowing at that point, okay? And so I remember thinking to myself, this is as good as it gets right there. I remember an, another moment in life uh, where uh, it, it was uh, when I scored my f- first goal in a soccer game. I remember the feeling of um, the people yelling and screaming, my parents to the sideline going crazy, and I'm thinking to myself as a five-year-old, this is as good as it gets. Uh, there are other moments as well. I'm thinking about my first time at Disney World. Oh, it was precious. I remember thinking to myself, this is as good as it gets. And perhaps the second time I thought that, but after the third and fourth and fifth time and this past time as a parent going there with kids, I don't think it's as good as it gets. It's not. And I know some people can testify in this room about that. Another, another thought was, it was tasting my first in and out burger. And I'm, I'm diving into this thing. I'm like, whoo, this is as good as it gets, right? Some of y'all can disagree with me, but man, it was, it was at that moment, it was as good as it gets. You see, um, I, I've thought that way in numerous times in my life. Uh, and I've especially thought that way at, at certain moments growing up, dealing with people, relationships, and the community I was a part of. See, I, I um, I grew up in a Korean immigrant household where uh, it was very Korean in the household. It was very Korean in my churches that I grew up in. Um, But then outside of all that, at school, at play, my friends, I I said it was the other part of my life, the quote unquote American part of my life, where I would uh, enjoy those types of relationships, non-Korean relationships there, non-Korean culture there. And, um, you know, there was a point in my life where I thought uh, this separation of Korean culture here in my household and my church and everything else over here, this is as good as it gets. Like this, I'm fine. I'm fine with the separation because I'm happy here and I'm happy there. And you know what? Co-mingling, coexisting together probably shouldn't happen. I don't know if they, I don't know if they could work out. You know, I realized later on that my vision for relationships and community were actually severely lacking. That what I thought to to be so very, very good, this is as good as it gets, it wasn't that at all. And if we're honest in here, there are times where we lack a good vision for community, a better vision for community. Where, uh, and, and, and I would say this, I'm not blaming you for that, 
Because growing up, I can say this, nobody showed me a vision for a better community. No one showed me there could be a better way. These, these two lives could actually be one. And in fact, more than just the Korean side and, the, and quote unquote, the American side, there is a whole another world out there that you can associate with, that you can be with, that you can learn with and live with. I didn't, I didn't know that. Nobody showed me that. But once again, I believe that our vision often lacks that we can make movements towards a better community, but what does that look like? What does it mean to be part of this better community? Um, we're okay with the status quo at times, and yet in our hearts, we're asking ourselves, what is missing? There's gotta be something better than what we're existing in right now. There's gotta be a better community than what I see in front of my face. You see, I think we are missing something. I think that we're missing something that's life transformative, that we're missing something that is better that God has designed us and created us for. So what I'm so excited about where we're going to today is that instead for settling for less, and here we don't have to settle for less, God gives us a vision for more that's worth pursuing. You see, what we're gonna see today in Revelation is that God gives us a vision of a better community. God gives us a vision of a better community and is worth pursuing after. And so here we are in Revelation, the ever so popular text of Revelation. And I know that some of y'all right now are probably thinking, this dude is crazy. Why would you be going into Revelation? That's the scary book. That is the book I don't understand. I move past every time I think about, quote unquote, the Bible. Or if you've never even thought about the Bible, perhaps you've heard the word Revelation, you're going, oh, shoot. You know, I don't know what's going to happen here. Things are going to blow up right in my face, Okay. That's oftentimes what we think about Revelation. But let me, let, me, let me break this down. You see, the author here, John, is one of, one of Jesus's closest disciples in his life. He loves Jesus. And, and John is given this revelation from God. And, and, and what I wanted you to know about this last book of the Bible is that it's apocalyptic, which just means that it's describing the end where God will judge the living and, and the dead. And, and, the, there, and heaven and earth will be one, okay? But, it's, but if it stops there, then I'd be doing this a great injustice. It's far more than that. You see, right in this, it's describing an internal new beginning. It's describing a time when God makes all things that are wrong right. A time where injustice will end. A time where racism will end. A, a time where even death itself ends, where it's being described in here that there will be no more tears there. Can you imagine that? Can we think about it in our lives right now? The amount of tears that we experience, the amount of tears that we see, there'll be no more tears there, no more sorrow experienced there, only peace, only joy. And, and in all of this, it describes a perfect kingdom where there's a perfect king and his name is King Jesus. And he will reign forever, but it doesn't just stop there. All those who have placed their trust in him will also reign with him forever. Oh man, oh man, this is good. Revelation's so good. And so I'm excited for us, it's amazing. And here in Revelation 7, I want you to know there's a portrait here. It's a portrait of a community, a better community, that when we, when we see this, when we taste of it, it should make your heart sing. It should make your heart long for this. 
And so I want us to dive in here. And so what's the first thing I want you to see from this text about a better community? That the vision for a better community is breathtaking. Oh man, it's breathtaking. So you can read this in the text. You can follow along right here. It says this in verse nine. After this, I looked, okay, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. So after this, I looked. You see, John here had already seen a lot of people prior to this moment. And it's actually describing all these different tribes of Israel, of ethnic Israel. And there was like over 100,000 people. And it describes it as 144,000 in this. So there's a multitude here, okay, that he already saw. But that didn't take his breath away. This did. Take this, from, take this in here. After this, I looked and behold. We can move past things quickly, but we shouldn't. It says, and behold. When, when, when you see this in the Bible, the word behold, it means stop. Let's take a minute. Take a look. Dive in more deeply. This is important, okay? So this is what's happening here. It says, behold a great multitude that no one could number. Now, I don't know where the biggest crowd that you've ever seen is. Mine was, I was at a stadium once and I saw like almost 70,000 people there. And as I looked around, it was, it, was, it was astounding. It blew my mind. But here at this moment, I don't wanna just describe it as 70,000 people here. It's far more than just that. As far as the eye could see, all around, there's this great multitude of people that no one can number. And it took John's breath away, as it should for us. The vision for a better community, when it's seen, when it's tasted, should take your breath away. So a vision for a better community is breathtaking. But what else? The better community consists of here, in the text it says, every nation. Every nation. So from verse nine, it says this, and no one can number from every nation. So here, I want you to know that nation here is translated, and I'm gonna give it a little bit to you. In the Greek, it's translated ethnos. Ethnos being a people with a shared history, a shared culture here. So it's not just thinking about like, okay, we got the United States of America and then some other nation over here and over there. It's, it's actually deeper than that. A people with a shared history. History. So I tell this to people. I say, listen, I'm Korean American. Ethnically, I'm Korean. My history, my shared history comes from Korea. I am ethnically Korean. And yes, I am American. There's, some, there's my nationality there, but I follow first with Korean. I am Korean American. I'm ethnically that. And so here, I want you to know here already, this first inclusion is already earth shattering of this better community. You see, for so long, God's people were only defined by ethnic Israel, that shared history of the people of Israel, that that was the people of God. But right here in this better community, you see more than just that, right? He says that, I see every nation. So what does that mean? It means God's better community consisting of people from Sudan, from Ghana, from South Africa, from Vietnam, from Germany, from Cambodia, from Australia, from Colombia, from Jamaica, from Mexico, Brazil, and far more. That's what, that's what he's seeing there. 
And it's not just Israel. And for us in here in the United States, you need to hear this as well. It's not just us. <laughs> because a lot, a lot of times if we're honest, we're so centric unto ourselves. We're like thinking like the U.S. is going to lead into the kingdom of God because we lead in everything else. No, we're not the center of the universe here. We're not the center of Christianity. See, it's just not true. The better community has every nation. This eternal portrait has every ethnicity. So one of the things I want you to know is this. Ethnicity never goes away. What you see here, where you come from, that doesn't go away. That is God-given. He delights in that. Some of you all need to hear that today because you've been dealing with racism. You've been dealing with ethnocentrism, people looking at you saying, because of the color of your skin, because of your shared culture and history, I don't like you. You're different. I treat you differently. So I need you to know and hear God delights in it. He loves it. He made you that way. That's from him. And I love this here. <laughs> Ethnicity here is not, is not celebrated in such a way that's the center. Jesus is. Jesus is the center here. And you can see more of this. So it's every nation, right? The better community consists of every nation, also every tribe. So in verse nine, it says, um, from every nation, from all tribes. Now, we may not think of tribes very often, but I can guarantee you this, you're part of tribes. You see, a, a tribe are, are social divisions based off of social, economic, religious, and most notably leader differences. So, Already in this, I, I've described about this people of Israel and this people, ethnic Israel, they have 12 tribes here. And, and in these 12 tribes, there's actually cultural differences there. Things that they contribute that are different. Their leaders, where they come from, their origin are different. Their tribes there. So in here, I wanna, I wanna talk about tribes for us. We have social tribes here. We have class tribes, rich, poor, middle class. We have education tribes. We have political tribes. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm somewhere in between. I don't know what I'm at. You're in a tribe, okay? Sports tribes. Oh, don't even get me started about that. And actually, I'm going to get into that in a second. And racial tribes, right? And I want you to hear this. I'm not saying that tribes are necessarily bad, okay? But I will say this, is that tribes often have the power to divide us when we define ourselves by our tribes. So uh, you, you can talk to any Boston Red Sox fan when they think of a New York Yankees fan. They're like, <laughs> there's not warm feelings there. There's animosity. It's the same thing with Atlanta Falcons fans with Patriots. Come on, right? You Falcons fan here, you don't feel good about those Patriots, do you? And you, think, and you see this within... Racial divisions, black, white, Asian, Latino. And yet in all of this, tribes can divide, but they shouldn't. Tribes in our now and here, they're not perfect. Our tribes have imperfect leaders. But I'm gonna tell you what, the, tribe that, the tribes that are, that are described here, they have one perfect leader and it's Jesus. Jesus is the perfect leader here, Amen. And so all of their differences here, get this, they don't separate. They have differences. That's what is being described here. There are differences, celebrate that, but they don't separate. King Jesus brings people together. 
King Jesus breaks down the hostility and brings every tribe to live in peace with each other. Man, that's King Jesus. So it's every, every nation, every tribe. What else is part of this better community? Every people. So if it's not clear enough now, talking about every nation, every ethnicity, every tribe, John makes it even more clear. Every people, and this is actually my favorite of them all right here. Every people. So sometimes we can look at this and go, yeah, I see this. I see this description here. You know what it is? It's a description of middle and upper class citizens of all of those places, nations and tribes gathered together around this throne wearing their white Armani suits, giving some praise to Jesus, right? Maybe, maybe that's been through our head. Um, perhaps you just think, hey, you know who's going to be there? Only millennials. <laughs> Woo! Only millennials. Yeah, right? Oh, no. Hey, maybe, maybe you baby boomers are like, no, it's going to be only baby boomers. We're going to lead the way here. <laughs> but in here, it says every people. So what does every people mean? Ah, Every people means every people. It's actually quite simple here. Every generation of people, every class of people, men, women, and children. And one of my favorite definitions of the word people is common people. Common people. So get this. They're not defined by their accoutrements, by their achievements. They don't need that in order to get into this better community. They They don't need to have a certain shade of skin to be able to walk in and say, can I come on in? No, it says in here, common people, all people, every people. It doesn't doesn't depend upon your legal status. It doesn't depend upon whether or not you've done the right things. Do you trust in Jesus? It's Jesus, your center. That's how you get in here. That's how you get in. So they enter into this community because of Jesus. Because Jesus loves every people and has made it possible for them to be together with him and with each other. So here, once again, the better community consists of every nation. What's next? Every tribe. And then what's next? Every people. But it doesn't stop there. I think this is so interesting here. He says, and every language. (laughs) Every language. So finally, we hear or see a descriptor here that doesn't depend on sight. (laughs) It's hearing something. John hears something And John doesn't just hear one language. It's every language. So linguists today say there's about 7,000 spoken languages right now. 7,000 spoken languages. In this room, I'm going to guess there's maybe about, maybe seven, eight, maybe nine um, different languages that are spoken here. 7,000. And that doesn't even take into account all the different dialects of each language. Like I think about that with Georgia. Georgia has like, 20,000 dialects of English here, depending on where you go, right? I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Yes, I don't know what that means, but you and I are supposed to be speaking the same language. It's okay, it's okay. We'll work things out. God's got us, you know, but it's part of the reality, right? So here, there's 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 something that's heard in every language. And surprise, surprise, once again, English isn't the center language, (laughs) It's not the language of heaven after, that is often misunderstood. So every nation, every tribe, every people gathered around the throne, every language is being lifted up. And I want you to know this in here. Your language is no mistake. Uh, there is a misconception that language is a curse, that different languages are a curse, that they divide us. 
But that is not God's intention at all. God's, God's intention is to show off his majesty, his beauty, his creativity, his, his uniqueness in his people. And language does not need to cause division. It actually can be in a great uniter for us in here. So in here, we love languages. And if you've already seen today that we sang in three different languages today, in English and Swahili and, and Spanish, and I can promise you this, from week to week, you're going to hear different languages being sung, scripture being read in different languages. We're going to lift up languages here because we all need a reminder here. It's not just about us. It's not just about me. It's about all people coming together around God's throne. Language does that for us. And so once again, a better community consists of every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, and it's all united here. It's united in praise of King Jesus. So I'm gonna read this nine through 12, and we're gonna, we're gonna head towards the door in this. It says this in Revelation 7, nine through 12. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. They're standing before a throne. They're united in front of a throne and this throne belongs to King Jesus. And around this throne, they're crying out, and I want you to read here, it says clothed in white robes. You know, the KKK has, has stolen this and perverted this. See, they're not wearing robes of righteousness. These are the robes given from Jesus, declaring you're clean, okay? So don't mistake it for that. These are clothes, clothes, robes of righteousness here. And they're coming before Jesus with palm branches in their hands. These, these offerings of peace saying, there is one who has brought peace to us. There's one who is royalty in front of us. We're going to lay these down right here in front of your throne. We're going to cry out with a loud voice, salvation. The only one who can save me. The only one who can save the nations. The only one who's the savior of tribes. The only one who's the savior of all people, of people from all languages is Jesus. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. You see right here, I want you to see that what unites everybody at this moment, what unites the better community is Jesus. That Jesus has made a way for all people to be together by coming and doing what we could not do. He came and lived a life that we could not do because we were living life in disobedience and rebellion towards God, saying, I've got this, God, I got my own way. But in doing that, we turned our back. And there was a consequence to that. That was death, a separation from God forever. And yet Jesus came and he said, you know what? I've got my eyes not on just you and not on just you and not on just you, but on every nation on every tribes, on every people, and all these folks singing these languages, speaking these languages I have given to them. I've got my eye on them. And you know what? I'm gonna come and live the life that they could not live. I will live a life of perfect obedience to God. And I will say yes, yes to you, yes to you, yes to you. And in doing so, had his mindset to say, I will save them. But you know how I'm gonna save them? I'm gonna save them 
by doing the most crazy, ridiculous thing that people could not expect that I would do. I'm going to die for them. I'm going I'm I'm to go and hang on a, a Roman cross. I'm going to have nails pierced through my wrists and through my feet. I'm going to be shamed for these people. I'm going to hold the weight of their sin there. I'm going I'm to say, I'm going to take it upon myself. I'm going to pay the consequence here. And as he's hanging there, he's thinking about the nations. He's thinking about his better community saying, I'm going to save them. I'm the only one that could save them. And he dies upon the cross there, taking the penalty. And you know that, it, that he did it because he declared it out. He said, it is finished. I did it. And he died upon the cross, but it didn't stop there. That we, how, how could we know this is valid? How do we know this is true, Jesus, that you really did it for us? Well, he was dead and buried for three days. But on the third day, on the morning time, he rose from the grave, victorious from the grave and sent over sin and death. And in doing so, proved that what he had said he was gonna do, he really did it. That he had conquered sin and death. And in conquering sin and death, he had done it not just for him, but for every nation, for every tribe, for every people. These singing these languages. And so we see that portrait here of Jesus, the risen Jesus, who then told us then, he told his people, hey, here, I'm alive, but I've got a mission for you. I want you to go, and I want you to go make disciples of me, of every nation, of all people. I want you to go and do that. And one day, one day I'm going to come back. So I'm, I'm leaving, but one day I'm going to come back. And I'm going to make all things right, like we described here in Revelation early on. I'm going to make all things right. And gather around this throne, gather where I'm at, where, where I've loved these people, are going to be the people that have declared out, I've trusted in you. I've trusted in you for my life. And so I want you to see here that the reason why they're united in the praise of Jesus is because of that. You see here, a better community. If you don't get anything, get this. A better community is better. It's better. Thank you. I love your mom. Oh. A better community is better. A better community is better because King Jesus is the center of that better community. And King Jesus is the only one who can take our divisions our separations, our animosity, our histories, and heal it. He's the only one who can take it down the walls between us and say, you who are separated out, you're actually one now in me. So I want to encourage us in here that because a better community is better, then I want you to fight for a better community. I don't want you to settle for less. I want you to fight for a better community. The application today is that. Don't settle for less. Fight for the better community that Jesus has for us. And in that, ask Jesus to help you. You can't do this on your own, I promise. But can Jesus help you? Yes. So I want you to take a moment in here. Look around. Look around the people here right now. This is a small portrait of a better community. We're not there yet. This is far from where we could be. Because Gwinnett County, I'm going to tell you right now, the fifth most ethnically diverse county in the United States. 
Duluth is the second most ethnically diverse city in Georgia. So around here right now, I'm in this room, we're getting there, but we're not there yet. But we have every notion from God to pursue it. There's no need to wait until Revelation 7, okay? We can start now. We can start now to fight for this better community. So what would it look like, family? This upcoming week, what would it look like if you didn't settle for less? If in the relationships you sought after, the people that you desired to fight for, that you actually did those things? Did you actually step forward to saying, hey, you, let's go and have lunch together. I wanna hear your story. Hey, I heard this was going on in your life. How can I help you? How can I walk with you in this? I think, I think our communities would change. I think Duluth would be different. I think Gwinnett County, I think Atlanta would be different. And the ripples would go out to the nations. And so why don't we seek that out together? Amen? Let's seek the better community. So let me pray for us. Oh, Father, we, we ask you today, help us to seek out the better community. Jesus shows us a portrait of this. And that we see this better community here in Revelation of every nation, of all ethnicities of every tribe, of every people, of, of every language gathered around your throne, giving you praise, giving you honor, giving you what you deserve because you've saved them, that you're the only savior. Salvation belongs to our God and to the lamb. The salvation doesn't come from anywhere else. So today uh, I wanna be able to offer that to folks even during this prayer to say, today, if you haven't turned and given your life over to Jesus and started walking with Jesus to seeing that your life could be different forever by trusting in Jesus, his work and what he has done for you to bring you into a right relationship with God, then today's the day. Today's the day where you can make that turn. And God, we, we ask that you would help all of us in here to continue to make movements, to make movements towards Jesus because Jesus is worth it, because Jesus is better. And so, God, would you help us to be the better community that you have died for, that you bought with a price, that we might live life in such a way that reflects you here, now, and forevermore. And so we pray this together, knowing that you've, you've been with us and you're continuing to be with us. And pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people say.